Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I'm really excited to have with me a friend, Michael Norton. This is a real treat to have him. Um, Michael, can you say hello? Hi, Heidi. Hi, podcast. It's such a <laughs> treat to be out here. It's, it's cool to finally meet meet yes. you, Heidi. It's been like a kindred thing. I've heard a lot about you. And in reading your book, it's like, wow, I know this person. It's time to finally meet you. You know, yes. it's been pretty cool. Yes, it has been. And the sa- and same with you as well. Michael is has a, a lot of experience um, in spiritual warfare. Um, he's an ordained minister, exorcist, a Christian counselor, um, and he founded M16 Ministries. I love the name of that. And you can maybe talk a little bit about that, um, where he's done a lot of ministry on the streets to the homeless, prostitutes, addicts, um, really just some of the toughest places. And so he really carries the heart of the father for broken, um, but also for people who are j- just like any of us, like who don't have a lot of brokenness. It, I really, I don't feel like you're, there's a judgment on you. You really just see people mm-hmm. the way that Jesus does. And it's really an honor to have you on here because you are so smart and so knowledgeable, but you operate in the spirit as well. So I think sometimes people who are really smart kind of are just really smart and they're super left brain. Um, but you really seem to grasp what what God has talked about in the spirit and not just um, kind of left brain. This is what the Bible says. It's not linear. You really mm-hmm. seem to be able to see in the spirit. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's it's been an interesting journey though. It's just like I said, my my upbringing was a computational physicist. That's why I studied in college. I wanted to go to NASA to be an astronaut and then this it shifted, right? He took me to different dimensions in space rather than outer space. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of interesting. When did you become a Christian? Actually, I was raised Catholic. Okay. And I had some interesting things. I'll probably fill up part of my backstory to fill it in though, but we always have this thing like, when do we become Christian or when do we have this great spiritual experience? Ah, when I was in elementary school as a Catholic, I actually had a full encounter of the presence of Jesus. Mm. We went to a church in, I think it was a national cathedral for Catholic St. Bernard's or something like that in Washington. I remember the full name. We're on a tour for catechism. And I kind of just got like disconnected from the tour and went off to a corner. I thought what I felt was the presence of an angel. Mm. And it just, it, it's one of those moments where, oh my God, this whole thing is real, right? As a kid, like you're raised, oh Jesus, pray, yes. those things. But it was just so intense. I was walking around, this is all real. This is all real. And I remember to this day, and I always thought it was an angel that I, I encountered. It was invisible. But as you study St. Teresa of Avila, it's called an intellectual vision, where you mm. feel the presence of God. And it helps me, that experience cascaded down. I'm now, I would say, non-denominational. Because okay. I married my wife, who was Assembly of God. Okay. <laughs> so married in her church, like, so transferred out of the Catholic Church, but it, it was just that, that was the moment I felt I became, you know, a Christian. I, it was real. Jesus was real. Wow. So I didn't have that summer camp experience where we go off and we, you know, <laughs> kids camp. And yep. but it was that moment. It was just an individual moment that was unique for me that God picked me up. But, hey, I want you to see something. Wow. But that it's is... that presence that helped me later down the road for where I'm in now. When I walked into something dark, it's that same presence. 
I could feel it. Like God goes, here we go. Okay, feel you're with me. Let's walk into this. Yes. Right? So it allows yeah. you to have more confidence because you know yes. what who he is. Like you've experienced knowing what he his presence is. So when you don't recognize that, you know, right. okay, you can it's discernment, I would say, the gift of discernment. Yes. You have the ability to be able to discern mm -hmm. because you know what the real deal is. Yes. And it helps, yeah. like you said, in counseling too, because my big thing is to teach people to practice his presence as well. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter where they are in life, and that's something we don't teach in church. So if we can connect with Jesus in a counseling session, like, you know, it gets really calm. Like, I can feel Jesus now. Can you feel that? I don't feel anything. What do you feel? Is it calm? Well, that's Jesus. That's what you feels like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so it's it's good to train people so you have the confidence. Like, wow, Mike's feeling it. It must be here. It's yeah. not like training them like a dog, right? It's just like right. as soon as they get like, wow, I am feeling that now. You know, yes. they, they clue in on what you're picking up on. Well, tell us right now, how, how can we do that? How can our listeners experience the presence of God? Train us. A lot of times it's just, um, like I said, I pick up old school St. Teresa of Avila stuff, practicing his presence. Yeah. A lot of times just having conversations with Jesus. You know? um, and I'm raw with him. There's days where I've had really bad days. I go, I'm not liking today, Jesus. I'm really not liking it. Well, there's times too where I laugh at, like when I'm driving my car, I used to commute a lot to work. Um, Thank God for Bluetooth because people think I'm on my Bluetooth, but I'm actually having a conversation with Jesus. Or like, hey, this is a great day. Because he was in the seat next to me. That's the way I perceive it, right? That's practicing his presence. Had a bad day. God, this was the worst day ever. And then after that conversation, like him sitting there, he reminded me like, well, what happened today? Oh, good stuff did happen. You know, it start trickling yeah. in. Okay, yeah. never mind. Cancel that. It wasn't a bad day. It went rough, you know. It's yeah. just things, simple things you can do. Just have conversations with them. Just start Good. talking to them in your head. So it's so real what you're saying. Yeah. It's just very authentic. Yeah. So talk about, I mean, you have some very, very interesting experiences. Could you kind of introduce our listeners to some of what you've done with like haunted houses, cult survivors, and just kind of fill us in a little bit with some of the experiences that you've had. And then we'll actually talk about what it means to get slimed um, right. and kind of understand angels and demons, how, how that mm -hmm. has to do with mental health as well. Yeah, I'm kind of all over the map. Yes, you are. <laughs> a lot of times early on when I was training and I was training other churches, I'd take people with me because like if we went to a haunted house, right around the time this early on these ghost hunter shows started coming on mm -hmm. and people always assumed their house was haunted, there was about 80% chance the house wasn't haunted. Mm. You know, so we go out and bless a house and spend our Saturday and there was nothing there. But a psychic told me something was here. It's like, nope, not feeling it. And they couldn't understand that I was tuned into ghosts and I'll backtrack there. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And there was times where we just walk into something like, oh my gosh, there's something here, you know, and it, it just grew from there. And it was, I was always told by Jesus, as I'm doing this, I'm never to be involved in the paranormal. Never. And if something happens, I can only go when they're not there. There's a psychic involved. They can't be there. And it's how I train people. There's a psychic involved. And I, I want you to stop talking to them. You know, so I can come in and you know, ascertain the situation. So we went to hauntings, different stuff like that. And it just, God just progressively grew me. I didn't know where this was going. Mm -hmm. Eventually I started, um, I was doing the night strikes in San Francisco. That was a homeless ministry. Went for healing and giving prophetic word to the homeless yep. people on the streets. And as that grew, more things grew. I started getting more comfortable deliverance and I became like the deliverance guy in my church. Okay. So I started hosting eventually like two years into that. We called miracles and warfare one Sunday night a month where we do deliverance and healing. And I, I hosted it. And soon in the Bay area, people were coming from like a hundred miles away to wow. get delivered, to get healed. We we're seeing healing from lupus. It was just, 
And the way I ran it was I refused to be the person doing it because I didn't want to be put on a pedestal. I was equipping the people and the people were seeing it. So soon we started getting harder cases. The occult came in. We, that's the first time I started seeing satanic ritual abuse survivors brought in because okay. it was um, Women of a Glow, the prison ministry. Yeah. We were finding these occult survivors in prison mm-hmm. and bringing them to me. It's like, oh, well, what is this? This thing seems to be impervious to deliverance. Mm-hmm. What is going on? Or in other cases, people are miracles and warfare were doing deliverance, but they weren't getting healed. What is going on? Yeah. That cat thrusted me into the counseling section. There's got to be something else here, right? Don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's not working. If deliverance is supposed to heal people, these people weren't healing. Uh, Some were. So, you know, we cast the spirit out. And then we had this direction, what's going on with the occult survivors? Because everybody talked to, oh, it's demonic. It's Satanism and all this stuff. But no, as it turned out, these people were massively tortured into participating to rituals. Mm. And it divided and fractured their minds. And that's why they weren't healing. They're on the path to be pushed into inner healing, not deliverance. Got it. It was just a very high technical inner healing, right, to work with them. And so that's how I started getting more occult stuff, more hauntings. Um, in between that time, too, my wife and I do a lot of prophetic ministry. We hooked up with Cindy McGill. Mm-hmm. We went to Burning Man. Um, mm. Off my side, too, I was doing prophetic ministry here. We were sneaking into New Age fairs. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> we weren't charging anybody at the New Age fairs. And we had the longest lines. And the psychics were getting ticked. So eventually I put a bowl out. Because we had to charge something. Yeah. And it's like, you'll just give us a donation. You're going to Burning Man. Oh, you guys are going to Burning Man too? So they paid our way to Burning Man. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. So it's just, it was crazy stuff like that. That was just favor, favor, favor. Can we you explain the, what Burning Man is quick to some people oh, that don't know what that is? Oh, it's a big debauchery pagan fair of 70,000 people out in the Nevada desert. And it's happening every August. It's just, it's, it's a party, debauchery, anything goes there. Mm-hmm. And so we came in, and it's a lot of people are just lost. They mm-hmm. go to Burning Man because they're hurt. They actually have a temple at Burning Man to bring your pain. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody died that year or something, or you're hurt about something, and there's just a lot of weeping, a lot of pain there, but there's no Jesus. So we bring Jesus into the te- that, their temple, right? But you, do, you don't do it openly. What do you, I know that Cindy will kind of do Oh, we're covert. Different. We sneak in. Yep. So what would we you call prophetic. yourself? I know, I know Cindy would have like, you know, different readings or she'd have yeah. different things that she'd do dream interpretation that would bring oh, yeah. people in. Um, yep. What did you do to bring people in? Same thing. We were trained in dream interpretation. That's how I hooked yep. up with Cindy. Yep. Um, we do prophetic ministry. I'm used to just, mm-hmm. um, land talking to people, reading, hearing something in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was always something dead on. You know, it just God got him like right away. Yeah. We had some crazy experiences there too. Yeah. Can you explain the difference between being prophetic and being psychic? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> prophetic, you're, what I call it, is you're perceiving directly from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's communicating with you. Being psychic, you're talking to a familiar spirit. And we talk to psychics, they are not shamed to mention they either did a possession or they have a familiar spirit talking to them, one or many spirits. So they those these familiar spirits are not from God? No. And when I call it, it's a hijacked gifting. A lot of times these psychics, like you see on TV shows, every time somebody senses a spirit, oh, you have a gift. Yeah, you do. It's from God. Mm-hmm. But they come and hijack it with, well, you got to become a psychic now to talk to spirits, which we're not allowed to do. Right? It's just, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So it's, I call them hijacked gifting or unredeemed gifting is what the psychic is. Yeah. What what would you say about people who say that they're a good gift or good witch? No such thing. Tell yeah. Tell me why. It, I mean, it's, it's it's all it's all dark. It's all it's all pagan. Mm-hmm. No matter where you're getting it from, 
the good witch is the the gateway drug. Mm. In fact, I when I worked at the not it was the the Berkeley Pagan Festival we snuck in. Mm-hmm. I had um, a tent set up, and it was funny. They figured out we were Christians. We didn't say we were Christians, mm-hmm. and they were saying the whole time we were trying to shut you guys down, and you we couldn't shut you down. We're powerful witches. How are you doing this? Mm-hmm. I go, well, we're talking to God. They're going, what? I go, well, you guys don't sound like Christians. I go, no, we don't. So we brought a couple in that were white witches, and one of them I told point blank, you're getting into this Egyptian stuff that's above your head, and it's going to destroy you. And she just looks like, what? And I go, you're getting into the Temple of Set stuff, aren't you? And she's like freaking out, like, how'd you know that? And I go, God's talking to you right now. Stop what you're doing right now. Back out of it. Because my friend said the same thing to me, you know? <laughs> it was like, wow. So it's, they always get seduced. Same thing with the, um, the paranormal shows. It's all witchcraft right now and Satanism. It's like the, the white witch is the basic introduction to Satanism because you're seeking stronger power, stronger power, stronger power. You have to go darker. You don't mind laying down your guard or your morals to get that darker power. Got it. And what they're doing is they're partnering with what you were saying is the familiar spirits, which is Mm -hmm. demonic realm. So that's not from God. And if you are prophetic, it means that you're actually using gifts and you're listening and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And the gifts of the spirit are in second or I think first Corinthians 12, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so that we each have access to those gifts. We just need to ask God for them, like right. every single one of us. Um, and even the psychics that you're talking about, right. the good witches, the white witches, whatever it is that they want to call themselves, Wicca, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever, that they do have access. If they want to give their life to Jesus, they can then say, God, I want the gifts of the spirit and I want mm-hmm. to surrender to you. I repent. You know, they can actually right. become, and many of them do become Christian. Oh, yeah. They see the difference. It's just amazing. In fact, that one pagan festival I was talking about, we had a voodoo priest or voodoo witch doctor. He came out the night strike with us because he wanted to know how we were tapping to what power. Uh, and we took out a couple of times. He watched us pray over people and get healed. He'd walk wow. out there's a little voodoo jacket. He has a little voodoo cane with the, the skull on it. And eventually one of our religious Christians ran him off. And I was kind of ticked about that because he was observing and the light bulb was going on. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. You know, you're praying over homeless people and they're getting healed. And it, yeah. was, it was amazing. Yeah. And I've seen um, what I really appreciate about what you do in your ministry is you you really are helping people to love even even the people who are causing destruction like that. Um, I think some people will hear, oh, they're practicing witchcraft or they're Wicca or whatever it is that they identify. We need to not be afraid of that as Christians. Can it's you true. help our listeners to... Um, have kind of learned how how can they have authority over that and not be afraid of somebody who says, yeah, this is what I believe. And how can we love them instead and show them God's presence? Because like you said, God is, his powers are way more than all of what these, these psychics Mm -hmm. and witches use. So can you talk about that? How, how we can move from being afraid of that Uh um, to actually having authority and loving them? Yes. One of the things to keep in mind, too, is the preeminence of who Jesus Christ is. All things are created for him, by him. Satan is a creation of Jesus that rebelled. So a way I explain it is Jesus can literally, like, quote Marvel Comics, Thanos snap him out of existence. Jesus can do that to Satan, but he's not. He's not right now because he's to be judged, right? So it's not a yin and yang power that we're dealing with. God can just snap him out of existence or think him out of existence and end it. That's the power we're dealing with Jesus. 
So when they're tapping into what they think is a higher power is actually a lower power. They're not getting the voltage as Christus is getting, right? We're getting the nuclear power. They're getting this little windmill power on Satan. Wow. Right? So That's don't so fear good. it. What is interesting early on, because one of my charter things God threw me into was voodoo to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I've been out to Haiti doing exorcism on a witch doctor. And that was interesting. What I learned early on through Jesus was there's a meter. There's a fear meter, right? Fear, 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 fear. That's where witchcraft lives. When you don't fear it, it could literally kill you on this end, right? You don't fear it on this end, you're operating Jesus. And I've seen witchcraft fear Jesus. And that's the end you want to be on. So if you're talking with somebody that's with witchcraft, you know, like, just, okay, let's have a normal conversation with them. You know, talk to them. Why, why are you into this stuff? You know, don't, don't, you know, dig into them too much. You're not going to have a conversation unless you get to arguing with them, right? Just, hey, why are you into this stuff? I'm kind of curious. What's, what about this did you like? Because once you start a conversation, and you're listening to them, they'll start listening to you. They got to build some sort of trust factor. I mean, I have witches on my Facebook. So they'll be like, why do you do that? You know, like, you're a Christian, right? You know, well, yeah. you know how else are we going to communicate with them? No, that's good. But you're you're not, I mean, you really are not afraid, though, because of what you no. have seen and what you know God can do. Um, right. So one thing that I would love for you to talk about um, is kind of help expose us to understanding angels and demons and even kind of the crossover with mental health and the demonic. I think sometimes in mental health, we either like, nope, it doesn't exist at all. And we have no idea that demons are real. You know, we don't believe that demons are real. And but mm-hmm. then we have the other side where it's like everything is demonic. So can, right. you, can you help educate us and how can we kind of grow in discernment with understanding is this a mental health struggle that I need inner healing or is this mm-hmm. demonic? How do we know the difference? Right. I had a real interesting case about last December. I was contacted by a, a pastor. It says, I need you to work with this person. She's demonically possessed. She's hissing when I pray over the Bible with her. She's spitting at me and all this stuff. And I want you to take a look at her because we want to know why we can't cast a demon out of her. And I was wondering, well, why couldn't you cast, cast a demon out either? Right? What's, you know, Heidi can do it. You can do it. I can do it. It's just leave. So, okay, send her on over. So I'm working with her and she's doing the full show in front of me. Like um, every time I read from the Bible, I cast you out, you know, and what I picked up on was this person knew how to be delivered. They've been to so many deliverance ministers. They knew what the show was. They know how to cough, they know how to spit. And so I picked up on it. So I said, let's take a break a second. Let's let's recuperate, recover. And while she's sitting there, I go, "Just, just relax. And under my breath, I go, you know, so she can't see it. The authority of Jesus Christ, I bind you. And I started you know, reciting Revelation 20, where the angel will come down, Satan will be thrown into the pit. I do it so she can't hear me. There's nothing, nothing going on under my breath. Nothing. These things can hear me a block away. I knew from Night Strike, I could bind from a block away by whispering. Wow. That's how the supernatural works. I go, aha, something's here. So we kept working with it. My approach is, I always like demons to be the last thing to target. Okay. Always. D- don't start so my, At this point, it was push demons off the table, but she was convinced by other pastors and other deliverance ministers she had a demon. That was the hard part. So as I'm working with her, I noticed she was like 30 years old and looked 18. Dissociation. Mm-hmm. There's child parts there. So I asked her, I go, how many little kids do you have inside you? She goes, how did you know? I go, can we work there? Um, something interesting happened. I think she was either richly abused or she was sexually abused frequently by a family member or something to carve her up because she had these weird parts that were doing stuff that were violent. Yeah. And it wasn't demonic, but she kept saying there were demonic voices telling her to do this. But I could never 
pick up on my discernment. A lot of times I discern of demons about to manifest. Typically, all of us can feel it in our chest, our stomach, or our forehead. You feel this like weird chest pressure. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very subtle, and that's how I tune in to manifestations happening. Okay. It never happened with her. You know, and it's gotten more tuned in. So I'm more now. I just pick it up right away and they walk in the door. The demon goes, I'm not going to that guy's office because he knows how to kick me out, right? He'll stay outside the door. I'm not going in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's usually I'll start working towards the mental health side. Or like we had a conversation earlier. Somebody contacted me last week that they thought this man was demonically oppressed, which is possible. But he was acting erratically and weird and running out in the street naked. And also, this was just behavior that never happened a week before, right? So my questions were, what happened? Does he taken him to the hospital? Has he had an MRI? If something happened mentally, let's go that avenue first to help him because I don't want to go casting out demons when something mentally is going on. He's not getting the help he needs, mm -hmm. right? So it's always okay to pursue the medical and mental first because if it's a demon there, you're going to catch it. It's going to manifest. It's going to get tired and like, oh, there it is. You know? Yeah. Could you go back to that girl for a second? I am familiar with what dissociation is. Mm -hmm. um, but I think some of our listeners are not. Could you just explain then what happened with that girl and then what treatment did she get? Okay. So let me back up. So dissociative identity disorder, what I caught with her and I work with quite frequently because I work with satanic ritual abuse survivors mm -hmm. where they were purposely had their souls and their minds fractured for the purpose through torture for the purpose of participating in secret society rituals. That's a satanic ritual abuse survivor. But I also work with other people who went through trauma, like bad things happened in their childhood, you know, and the mind naturally divides. It's actually God's protection mechanism for children, because if they can't handle trauma or overloads at a young age, the mind will kind of like divide up in different partitions and we come back later and heal them and bring them back together. That's called dissociation. It used to be called multiple personality disorder. It's not so much that what dissociations we're looking at a lot of times is you're looking at maybe a 32-year-old adult. They have four-year-old parts in them that pop up, eight-year-old parts. And in some cases, depending on how far they're divided, some of these parts took them through college. The guy could have became a doctor, and an eight-year-old part could have been the part that went through college, believe it or not, right? Yes. And it got them where they needed to be, and these parts need to be healed and brought back together. A lot of times when I hear people say, oh, there's something demonic, or these people are talking gibberish or talking weird or talking another personality, I'll go down the line saying, is this something human part? Because you can't cast out human part. Right. You you heal the human part through Jesus. They, right. It's a walk. Yes. Right. Um, so it's usually, if I'm leaning that way first, I'm not going after the deliverance part. And a lot of times there's a lot of work on my end. I'm doing the deliverance. But this brother who was gifted said, blah, blah, blah. You know, this, this deliverance minister was great at this. And he said, like, I'm not picking up on it. I'm sorry. It's mm -hmm. not there. Mm -hmm. No. So would you say that more people in ministry need to understand dissociation? Yes. I wouldn't be in deliverance ministry unless you completely understand dissociation. Mm -hmm. I would go see Jim Wilder's videos. He's got training. Mm -hmm. um, the Life Model. I mean, yeah. that's a thin little book. That's a PhD written. It takes you. It took me a month and a half to read that little book. But start cluing in what dissociation looks like mm -hmm. because you're not helping the person. As a deliverance minister, we're supposed to be helping people. And we're causing more damage through deliverance ministry than we are if we send it to a counselor. So this could be also why deliverance has not been kind of mainstream in the church, because the church 
messes it up because they don't understand. They think somebody has a right. demon and they actually are just, they have really bad trauma and there's little, mm -hmm. there's little children in their head that had to cope and had to survive yep. the trauma that they went through. Um, this can also explain where people, where you see them and you have this like amazing conversation with them. And then the next time you see them, it, they kind of act like they don't even know you. So if anybody right. has people in their life where they're like, gosh, I just, I feel so odd or what's going on mm -hmm. or what what did I not do right? It's may not be you, it may actually be them. Um, so just even increasing the awareness of people understanding what dissociation is can really be helpful to know, okay, this might be what's going on. It's a missing link. I've had many clients where they've yep. been in therapy for years and they dissociation was finally the answer that helped them Yep. like get healed and then not to sidetrack but there's a whole family dynamics wrapped around it i remember i had one mom the kids figured out what was going on and they wanted the party moms they knew how to trigger the party mom wow <laughs> to come yeah. in but like you said there's a whole dynamics of children too they can become dissociated from it their detachment so it's a big issue so we see this dysfunctionality that's following with it right it yeah. could be a bigger problem spreading if not caught properly yeah like, it's, it's 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 fascinating but yeah it's Right. So then how do we know if it is an actual demon? So you're, you're kind of describing where it's not, where we can kind of miss it. How do we actually know that it is? And what do we, what can we do about it? Usually, like I said, provoking it under my breath. It's mm -hmm. just, it's uh, like Revelation 20 is great. They hate that. They know they're doomed, right? Mm -hmm. So I just read scriptures like that. They know they're, they got to go. And if something's up, it'll manifest or it'll come up and stare you down, right? But I want to do it in the manner where I'm not triggering a part to come up. Parts know how to be delivered. Mm -hmm. Or parts know how to mess with deliverance ministers. Mm -hmm. Many deliverance ministers encountered what they thought was a mocking spirit was actually a, a dissociated part. You Got know, it. so it's 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 but like I said, start learning what dissociation is and start going to places where you could build up your discernment. You know, go to deliverance ministries to sit in the back and see if you can feel manifestations. Mm, just kind of right? notice and pay attention. Notice it because okay. it's very gentle. And it's very subtle. And so like, and we start doing your sessions, you're sitting there going, oh, I'm getting that little weird pressure feeling. So that's when you start testing it, right? Yeah. I always use what I call tactical information. I test on my own without alerting to the person I'm aware of a demon. Got and it. I, I want to start checking, is it a demon or is it an identity? Is it, you know, is it a demon, you know, back yeah. and forth. And yeah, a lot of times and, it dials down to an identity more so than a demon. Got it. And then what does it mean to be slimed? Ah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what do we do if we're slimed, <laughs> if we recognize? Because I think some people are slimed and they literally walk around throughout their life being slimed, thinking that it's them, uh -huh. and they actually got slimed from someone else. Right. Can you explain that? I hope this, this picture isn't too graphic, but like I said, I used to do ministry in San Francisco. And we did prophetic ministry and it was called the Castro section. And that's the, the, the gay neighborhoods of San Francisco and Christians are hated there. So it was very covert. But when we went home at night and this might be a little bit too graphic, so I'll try to tone it down. I started having homosexual dreams. Hmm. I go, what the heck is that about? Hmm. It was like, just after the night I went to the Castro, it's that spirit that's there, right? Yet slimed in it. And so you go pray it off. Yeah. It's just, it's something that didn't fit. And you're going, oh, that was no, uh, -uh. you know? So yeah. next time we go, we pray ourselves like, okay, we're going to encounter the spirit. Jesus, protect me. You know, and mm -hmm. we, we talk, do what we call the Holy Spirit shower off at the end, right? Holy yep. Spirit, give me a shower. This doesn't get in our car. This doesn't mm -hmm. go home with us. Clean us off. Yep. When you go to a haunting, you want to do the same thing too, because kind of like Disneyland, you know, the, that ride, the haunted mansion, the hitchhikers going out the door, that's a sliming. 
you go to a haunted place or pick up tainted objects. Um, one guy I just worked with too, he was into collecting tainted objects. He claimed to the Santa Muerta statue. Mm. This fact is like two days old story. And I had to work with him in um, binding the statue and burning it and dis dispersing it over running water to get rid of it. But the house, they started seeing like um, shadow manifestations, this thing walking up down the house. Mm -hmm. They brought the tainted object into the house, right? Wow. So it come through objects and come through stuff you walk through. Yep. Just, you'll feel it though. You're like, this is something hit me. But so you, I would say the biggest thing then is you have to recognize who you are ahead of time. Right. Then you know that you are slimed so that you know it's not you. I think sometimes right. what happens is we don't know who we are and we're not confident in our identity. And then all of a sudden we feel something that's on us. We just think it's ourself. We just right. think that's us. Well, I guess this is who I am now instead of yep. being able to recognize. And so let's. So what's something that we should do if we recognize, okay, I got slimed. What, what do we pray? What do we do? First of all, it's I would go look up Luke ten seventeen about the seventy disciples returning. Lord, Lord, the spirits submit to your name. Mm -hmm. We are the seventy disciples. So mm -hmm. it doesn't. You don't need Mike. You don't need Heidi. You don't need Bob Larson. We're it. And the whole thing Jesus said there. Hey, you know it's part of the package deal. These things submit to your name, but don't rejoice that they submit to your name. Be more satisfied. Your name's in the book of life. Mm -hmm. So it's if you feel like you're slime, just. Like I said, like I talk about, go practice his presence. Jesus, I just walked through something that was nasty. You know, mm -hmm. get it off me. Like yeah. when I was working this case with the Santa Muerta, I'm not messing around with this stuff. It, it bites, yeah. right? So I just simply go, How, what sort of prayers do you say during the day to protect yourself? I just have conversations with Jesus. I go, Jesus, I have pets. I have my finances. Please don't let this thing hit me. I'm operating under your authority. You brought me into this. Just please protect me from it and clean me off whatever hits the house. We don't want any of it, right? Nothing's hit. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. That's good. That's really yeah. good. It, you just, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're just making it very simple. <laughs> like it, this it is, is who we are. You're coming. Be. Yeah. You're yeah. coming back to just who we are and just talking to, talking to God and just being yeah. his, his little, his children. That's who mm -hmm. we are. And that's yeah. kind of what you're identifying. Could you end with maybe just a couple interesting stories? I know you have many of them, but just a couple interesting stories of things where you saw either just somebody get set free or something, you know, that was a little surprising to you and something that you learned and you were able to take with you and, and really use in your future ministry. Mm -hmm. See, so probably all of the map with this one. Um, this is a I don't want this to be a scary story, but it's interesting. It's very, because I always get called like, help, help, my son's possessed or my daughter's possessed or my husband's possessed. Mm -hmm. Bring him in the counseling office and let me see what's going on. And it's like, you know, so like, oh, all right, <laughs> bring him in. Because I'm always like, okay, so, something else happens, DID. Um, somebody brought me their son. He was into gangs and he was into the Santa Muerta. And I didn't realize to the level he was involved in the sacrifices. And I think the very bad sacrifices he's involved in it. So he sat in front of me. We couldn't get him to my office. And so it took a while. I go, hey, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to hurt you anything. Just It was the demon wouldn't let him in the office. He was possessed. He wouldn't walk through the threshold because we pray up our office. I go, just relax a second. Come in when you're ready to come in. So he finally got himself to come in. He sat down across me on the couch. And I'm sitting in my chair and we're talking. And this is about circa 2016. I had an emergency appendectomy in 2016. It was about mm -hmm. nine months out where I still kind of had scar tissue from it. Yeah. And I felt from this kid, his eyes were on the back of his head. He manifested right away. He was possessed. And these invisible hands reach into my scar tissue and tug on me. Mm. It's like, oh, no, you just didn't, you know? Mm -mm. And it was weird. The Holy Spirit took over me. It's like, oh, my gosh, what do I do, right? 
Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit took over and starts quoting <laughs> Elijah out of Kings. You wow. know, yell wow. to your God louder. He can't hear you. And I'm going, oh my God, I think, I'm not reviling Jesus. I'm not reviling, I'm not reviling. But this guy's eyes roll in the back of his head because you can't do anything to me. And it just comes out of my mouth. I'm not one of those, those pastors you're used to. I'm used to fighting you. Either you want this gone or not. And I'm thinking, that's reviling, right? And I'm thinking, but that was the Holy Spirit. And I'm sitting there shaking like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Right. Wow. But he never wanted help, which was sad. You know, he had it. Uh, it. It was a full power encounter of the Holy Spirit demonstrating. I could slap this thing right in the face right now. And you can walk out without it. Mm-hmm. But it, he liked the power it gave him and it controlled him. So that's one of those ones, you know, right away, like that was just an off the scale supernatural encounter. Right. Right. And, so if you would and, do that again, would you have still worked with them? Because he, he, oh, yeah. like you said, he didn't want it. If he comes back, he'll, you know, that's fine. In yes, fact, that yeah. night, um, when I went home after that encounter, I told my wife about it. We went to bed. We have like these ceiling fans with the rheostat fans. You have to flick the light switch all the way up. Mm-hmm. We went to bed and I turned the light off and the demon came in and flicked the light switch on all the way up. And I just jumped out of bed. It's funny because I'm so used to it. I bind you, get out of my house. And my wife mm-hmm. goes, I saw it go out the window. Oh, good, it's gone. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, oh, it's, my it's, gosh. But that's, that's the sort of thing like you're just, you're, it doesn't frighten you. Yeah, because you're just, you're you know? used to it. Yeah. It's like living in the hood, you know? Yeah. Yep. 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 They're, well, and you're not afraid of them. They're, they have, no, them. they have no power. Yeah. yeah. They're weird. Once you do a lot of deliverances and you see things manifest, it's not a fear factor. It's like, it's just, it's, I hate to explain because they're invisible and they're seeking mm-hmm. bodies to acquire, to talk mm-hmm. through. It's just weird, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. What about seeing somebody get set free? Quite a bit. We've had, um, one of the cooler ones is, um, let me see, it's, actually I'm going to go back to a Night Strike one because it's kind of a little bit of both. We were in Haight-Ashbury, um, San Francisco, and I was with the Bethel School Supernatural Ministry. Mm-hmm. There was this guy who was just in bondage. He was he ran away. He's probably 20 years old. And I had the Bethel School Supernatural Ministry with me, and they were doing the prophetic with this guy. And he was talking to him, and I started picking up stuff prophetically, like um, a young woman with two daughters or something like that. And I go, hey, by any chance, do you have a, a sister with brown hair, you know, and has two daughters about this age? And he looks at me, he starts talking, and he goes, what? I go, he goes, yeah, I do. He goes, what do you know about them? I said, I don't know anything. Jesus talked to me about them. Another girl from the School of Supernatural Ministries tells him, oh, the one girl at 16 who does this with you wants you to call her. He's like, what? You know, so this is it sounds it's not a total demonic thing but he's he's in bondage to this homeless life right mm. thinking he was put here and he can't get off the streets like this was like uh, six years ago about two days before thanksgiving so it's kind of a cool story and so we hand him a cell phone he calls that girl and the girl tells him to call call his mom because she wants to know about him and so mom's there and she's texting grandpa and grandpa's getting a bus ticket ready to bring him home right and so this whole thing about this whole whatever put him on the streets i couldn't fathom what put him there and put him in that bondage. Yeah, it was a whole different type of story. It, 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 you know, it's not like the deliverance type stories you want to hear about, but it's it was interesting that the prophetic went boom, 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 boom. God just used every piece of people there, in that group, to send this guy home. And it was just wow. accurate. Yes. You know? Oh my gosh, that's so encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't need to be. I mean, he didn't need to be there. Like God wants mm-hmm. us to be free. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's, that's kind of hard in the homeless. We really get the homeless home like that. So mm-hmm. people go, well, that's not really a demon story. But yeah, whatever put him in there was demonic. Whatever mm-hmm. was lying to him was demonic. But it mm-hmm. cut right through it in one day. And it reestablished connection with his family and got him home and right. reconciliation. Right.
but it, it started was crazy. With, it started with you seeing in the spirit yeah. a, a woman and, and two girls. Like that's and it just where it spread started. throughout the group. They were all we were all that's kinda like how prophetic works. You know, everybody yeah. is on the same phone call, which is kinda mm -hmm. cool. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, this has been really, really wonderful having you on. And there's a, I, I have a lot more questions because I always oh. have questions. But we're getting close to time. So I would love it yeah. if there's if there's one more thing that you'd love to share, and then I'll have you pray for our listeners. Is there anything else that you really want to make sure that our listeners know? Yeah, it's if you're really like, I don't say excited or about really anxious about getting delivered, make sure the issue is deliverance and not behavioral. I would talk to a Christian counselor first who understands both the, the deliverance side and the behavioral side, because about 85% of people I work with, the issue is behavioral mm -hmm. dysfunctionality or something in the family is not demonic. Mm -hmm. And we're taught in a church that it is demonic and it's, it's, it's a finger snap, instant healing. It's mm -hmm. not. And even after you get delivered, you're going to need the behavioral changes in place to work with a counselor. So it takes time. There's no magic prayers or magic bullets in, in deliverance that's going to change your life around. So my first step is to examine what is going on here. What's what's the issue? What am I bringing to my family? What am I bringing from generations and so forth? And look at it from that perspective. And that's where you're going to find your healing. That's so good. That's very good. That can help us not be so afraid. I think some people think, right? oh, my gosh, I'm, I've got a demon. It's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely you don't. And right. you're okay. You're doing all right. Mm -hmm. um, there's just maybe some choices that you need to change and sin right. that you need to get out of your life. I mean, I think that's kind of where most people are at. Um, so I would love it if you could pray for us, Michael, and then share how we mm -hmm. can find more information about you and get your book. Okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead and pray. So Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for this time. And we don't know who's out there listening or who's anxious for what's going on in their lives and who wants deeply wants change. I just want to laid out to you that Jesus Christ is the one that brings change. He is the one that brings healing. You know, us counselors and us spiritual warfare ministers, we fall in place to him and walk with him to bring your healing. But it's it's your walk, it's your walk, your unique walk and your relationship with Jesus that brings you to the finish line and healing, no matter how dark, how severe. I've seen it all. I've seen the darkest stuff healed. I've seen the darkest stuff walked out. And if that's what you're worried about now, just, just take the time to talk with Jesus and make the choice today. I want to be healed. Walk out in that direction. And that's what the choice is. And Jesus, we know who those people are. And I just hope that you disseminate through the Holy Spirit what information they need to hear of what the truth is and how to be healed. And we thank you, Jesus, for these people and that you love each and every one of them and you want to heal them. You were healed, came to heal the brokenhearted. And that's what we love about you, Jesus. You heal each and every one of us. Because after all, all of us are broken. That's how we all get in the ministry. Somewhere or another, we were all broken. And we thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, so how can they get your book? All right. Has, it's yeah, on, yeah. That's on Amazon. I also have a website I'm building up right now. Um, AFG2, number two, SW.com. It's an acronym for a field guide to spiritual warfare.com. So it's AFG, number two, SW.com. And some of my contact information is out there. I have three books. There's one book that's about 12 years old now. It's a field guide to spiritual warfare. And it's the book I still use in ministry when I go out to hauntings or people have demonic oppression. We give that book to them as a ministry thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's the Advanced Field Guides, a blue book. Yeah. And that one covers starts to cover the basic topics of prophetic ministry and use of spiritual warfare. And also, I start covering um, satanic ritual abuse in that, just very topographically. 
And then this book right here, what I do is I actually, I call them corrections to every book, right? The field guide came out first. The advanced field guides kind of like stands on top of the other one. And then the last book you held up, the um, cosmology and demonology, kind of like is my adjustment to the theology in the books as I move down the scope. So you can read them out of order. It doesn't matter. They're all, yeah. they're all interesting. So. Well, just as God has given you more revelation about yes. what we have authority over and what we don't have authority over, mm -hmm. and um, it is quite interesting. Um, and then you would do also have a podcast. I know you're not yes. like always current on it, but it's still, right. you know, you and your three listeners. <laughs> yeah. You're like my dog yeah. and my three listeners. Three listeners, my dog. My dog's my producer. <laughs> yeah. I do tales of glory because it, yeah. it allowed me to, you know, well, as you know, writing's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could disseminate more information, get it out there quicker. Mm -hmm. I actually went through the advanced field guide, spiritual warfare on the podcast called tales of glory. Mm -hmm. And I go through St. Teresa of Avila about mm -hmm. practicing this present stuff you talk about. Mm -hmm. And I have fireside chat podcasts involved in that too, of stuff that's going on during the week. Like, yep. Hey, this was interesting. I want to share what we did. Yes. Right. And it's just, it's just very raw. It's not, yes. it's not produced like in Hollywood or something like that. I like to keep it that way. Cause it's more real. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are looking for spiritual warfare information, it's all there. Yeah. And whenever something new comes up, I put it out there. Good. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Michael. We'll, well make sure you. to share all the information. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.